Here's a story from The World. In Cambodia, the last living member of the Khmer Rouge regime's leadership took the stand today. 90-year-old Q Som Phan was the former head of state in the 1970s. He's now attempting to overturn genocide charges that he was previously convicted of. The Khmer Rouge Tribunal was established in 1997 by the Cambodian government and the United Nations. As its mission comes to a close, reporter Ashley Westerman reports that the legacy of the tribunal is mixed. There's a saying in Cambodia that its population is split into two groups, the survivors of the Khmer Rouge regime and their children. Yuk Chang is both. I was a, a, a young teenager, age of 13. So I, I do I do remember, but not every detail, but I remember a lot. Chong remembers in 1975 when the Communist Party of Kombuchia, known as the Khmer Rouge, took control, locking down cities and forcing people out of their homes. His family ended up fleeing the country, but not without heavy costs. Chong lost his father, some sisters, uncles, and cousins. It's been broken. You know, it's a, it's a broken family, not just only our family, but for the entire Cambodia. Some two million Cambodians died during the totalitarian rule of the Khmer Rouge, about 25 percent of the country. So when a judicial body was established in the late 90s with the goal of putting Khmer Rouge leaders on trial, Chang says the Cambodian people were on board. I think that people also give justice a chance. They want people to recognize the suffering that they have been through. So the tribunal was the answer. Chung is now the executive director of the Documentation Center of Cambodia, which possesses the largest archive on the Khmer Rouge period and has helped the tribunal build its cases against the perpetrators. Early surveys showed that the tribunal had overwhelming support. Chung says public participation was key. There's a sense of ownership of history, but also it brings some closure, also brings some frustration. Frustrations that experts say have eroded the view of the tribunal over time. These frustrations range from constant financial troubles to alleged meddling by the Cambodian government. Prime Minister Hun Sen is a former Khmer Rouge commander and has openly never been a fan of the tribunal. Barack U is a human rights activist based in Phnom Penh who lost his father during the Khmer Rouge regime. It feels to be too political, not a proper tribunal in in a in a sense, just because there's too much compromise. But I think I think for the first conviction and the second conviction, I thought there was some sense of of justice uh, being done. Still, it took a while to get there. Highlighting another frustration with the tribunal, its glacial pace. It took nearly 10 years just to set up the body itself, which is made up of both domestic and international judges. And by the time hearings began in the late aughts, Wu says to the Cambodian eye, the defendants looked like grandparents. So it was very difficult to to connect uh, the level of brutality of the alleged crime to the people who are supposed to stand trial. The tribunal's first conviction didn't come until 2010. King Guk Uv, commonly known as Commander Duch, was sentenced to life in prison on a slew of charges, including crimes against humanity, murder, and torture. Here he is, in his 60s, giving a statement to the court in 2009. I am determined to take legal and moral responsibilities for the crimes committed at S-21, he said at the time, referring to the notorious Tulslung prison. Longtime journalist May Tatara recalls going to Duch's village, where he was known as a teacher. But when they saw him uh, in front of TV, they so surprised. They said, oh, my friend, I could not believe that you are, you are the chief of the prisoner of S-21. 
Dooch died in prison last year. He was one of only a handful to be convicted by the tribunal. Meanwhile, Pol Pot, the infamous Khmer Rouge leader, was actually never tried. He died in 1997. May says that while the tribunal was once very important to the older generation, many Cambodians now have other things on their mind, like widespread poverty and the pandemic. Varak U agrees with that sentiment. He says ultimately, the tribunal cannot fix many of the problems the country continues to deal with. So because of that, uh, I don't think many of the Cambodian population and Cambodian people had the privilege to focus on closure and justice and a process that, that could be dragging on for, uh, for months, if not years. Experts also say the ending of the tribunal may have wider geopolitical implications. Josh Kurtlanzig is with the Council on Foreign Affairs. He says China, which was a huge backer of the Khmer Rouge and had a close relationship with Pol Pot, is likely thrilled that it's almost over. They don't want stories widely circulating of China backing, you know, one of the probably after the Nazis, one of the most brutal regimes in world history. He says even though China is Cambodia's biggest investor, Beijing is acutely aware of the rising anti-Chinese sentiment in Southeast Asia. For The World, I'm Ashley Westerman.